Hello, 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 and welcome back to an all-new episode of The Darius Show. On this episode, I actually have something very different than what you have ever heard here on this platform from me. If you've listened to my show before, you know that I talk about movies, TV shows, sometimes books that I've consumed, and I break them down, talk about theories, my general impression of them. I talk all things entertainment, right? Um, For today, I actually really want to do something different, though. So the topic that I want to discuss today is what do I believe in? I know that that's a really vague concept. It's also a really big one to tackle. But I feel like what I believe in is often hard for me to even articulate to people in conversation. And so the purpose of this conversation is to kind of streamline all my thoughts, kind of get them all down so that not only will I have a touchstone to refer back to, you know, a time capsule that encapsulates what I believe is happening in this universe at this very moment in my life. Now, what I believe is kind of always changing. So I do feel like it's important to kind of, you know, encapsulate what that is that I believe at this very moment and something for me to look back at later, but also a touchstone for other people to refer to. I, I want to open a conversation because a lot of these thoughts aren't, I don't feel 100% on them. I feel, you know, I have a lot of very vague thoughts and trust me, we're going to get all into it. Um, and I don't necessarily know how it all connects. I definitely don't feel like I have it all figured out, but I would like to, you know, provide the space where someone can actually hear me explain everything that I think about the world and kind of, um, you know, often in conversations, I don't have enough context. There's not enough time to really dive into everything. And so I often feel like I only scratch the surface of what I mean, or I, I incorrectly depict what my position on something is. So this is a space for me to really get it all out and hopefully start a conversation. And, you know, I'd love to have a part two to this conversation or invite somebody else on to have a more in-depth conversation with somebody else. But for now, this is going to be just a quick little window into my life of what I believe in. So, yeah, let's roll the intro and get right into it. It's the Darius Show, y'all already know. Drop your booty to the floor, come give me some more. It's the Darius Show. It's the Darius Show. So to fully discuss what it is that I believe at this moment, I do think it's important to discuss kind of my religious history. And I, will, I won't take too long to go through this, but I do think it's important to give context for me personally as to see how I got here. Um, my, I was raised not in a religious family at first, uh, at the time, no one in my family really believed in God or gave it much thought. However, when I was five, I was going to a YMCA youth group summer camp and, uh, there was a counselor who was a very important person in my life named Miss Brandy, who actually introduced me to the concept of religion, I guess, um, in a Christian sense. Um, she told me who God is, explained to me Jesus Christ and, you know, in a matter of weeks, I was being asked if I want to accept him into my heart and become a Christian. And that sounded amazing to me. Um, and that's what kind of started my path with the religion of Christianity. Shortly after, I kind of infected my own family with it. I, I don't mean to use infected as, as a negative connotation word, but that's really how it happened, how quickly it happened. It, my, my appreciation for the religion really spread to my family quickly. And within a few years, we were every Sunday, every Wednesday, churchgoers. Um, our main community was within the church. And so that is where, you know, a lot of my own development happened growing up within the church. I was there every Wednesday night to go to my youth group, which 
you know, there was, it was kind of babysitting when you were a kid, but, you know, as you grow up, you go through these different age groups and different youth group type settings that you're around. And every Wednesday for uh, probably a decade and a half, probably a solid 15 years of my life, I was going to the church, um, learning, taking it in. That was also my community of friends. Um, and I was also there every single Sunday. It even progressed as being kind of my first job where I would get paid a small amount to uh, help set up chairs for services leading up to it. Um, and even progressed to the point where for two years in a row during the summer, I interned at my church, uh, helping them either with physical projects around the building or in the fields or um, actually helping with, um, how do I put it? Uh, the Not helping with services in a tangible way, but um, I was just kind of, a little guy running around learning as much as I could and helping out anybody within the church any way that I could is kind of how I would describe that time. And that time was super influential and super impactful for me. Uh, the church that I grew up in was, is, it's called Christian and Missionary Alliance is the uh, denomination that we exist under. Um, to be specific, it is a Protestant religion of Christianity. And if I were to equate it to anything, it would probably be Baptist. It's probably the closest religion touchstone that I could reference, that if that makes sense to anybody listening to this, that's probably the easiest thing to think of it as. The only difference is really that they have a strong focus on missionary work. And so um, that was kind of the direction I was going in within my life. Uh, I can confidently say that there was many years in my life where uh, my idea for what I wanted to be growing up was a pastor. Um, I felt strong about that. I felt very much so like that was uh, what I was compelled to do. Uh, and I felt like I would be pretty good at it. I still think that if I was quite in that frame of mind, that that is something I would be really good at doing. But um, but that's besides the point. I can say that for most of my life, religion was the most important thing to me. Um, I won't say I was super crazy to the point where I was, you know, pushing my religion down anyone's throat. I can say that most of my close friends at the time uh were also non-Christians and that was, you know, something I was fully okay with that, you know, it didn't, it wasn't so a part of my life that I had trouble having friends outside of my religion or anything like that. But it was something that I thought about all the time. I was praying multiple times a day, consuming the Bible every day. And it was just very much so a part of my everyday life. I was viewing the world through a Christian lens. Um, just to give you guys kind of the background of where I was coming into this. Now, to get to where I am currently, it's kind of a story you've probably heard tons of times before. You know, around the age of, I guess, 18, 19 is where I had my first moments of, I wouldn't say necessarily, I guess doubt is the word. I still feel fearful of even using the word doubt um, just because, you know, I'm 24 currently, right? So we're talking about five years of um, change, of not considering myself 100% a Christian anymore, um, which was at the time a major decision for me. Um, my thoughts on that religion currently are very nuanced, I think, and we will get to the minutia of all that. Um, we'll get there, but <laughs> I started to have doubts. Um, I started to feel like what this story specifically is feels really limiting and specific. And I can recall the first, uh, when I was 20 years old, I went to Alaska. At this point, I still felt very firm in my foundation, um, within Christ, uh, I went to Alaska for a summer job working a seasonal resort. It was a super fun adventure that I had had. And it was there where I started to meet some people that really started to challenge my faith. I definitely had a lot of people. I've had tons of conversations with people that would challenge my faith uh, leading up to that. But I guess because 
this is my first time interacting with people that weren't within my group of people that I've known my whole life. You know, this is not somebody from my demographic, from my pool of people I've grown up around, not my specific age range either, not my direct peers that are just other people in my grade that go to the same school that I do. So I can say that um, the level of engagement that I had in these conversations just challenged me kind of a bit in a further direction, I guess you could say. Um, really starting to feel like the that the narrative I had been taught within Sunday school and going to church every Sunday and whatnot just maybe didn't quite line up with how I feel on the inside. Now, excuse me if this is a really sloppy conversation, because like I said, this is a really hard thing to articulate. It's all very confusing in my mind, especially when I actually feel like me going to church was a very positive thing. I don't necessarily have the the story that I know so many people who really feel really negatively towards Christianity and religion in general um, have had a personal bad experience with it. I can't say that's necessarily the case for myself. In fact, when I look back at my life in the church, it's actually all positive experiences, which is what really makes it confusing and conflicting on the inside is on one hand, I don't think I agree with the narrative, but at the same time, I can look at the value that it gave to me and my family's life in a significant way. Like I said, it was our main community. Our family was fairly poor growing up, and I know for a fact that the church helped us uh, financially in some way, shape, or form at different times. Um, not only that, but it provided me a community to grow and learn from. Uh, I was raised without a father. None of my siblings were. And I can certainly say that I've received many father figures through the church that at the very least uh, were focused on putting me in a positive direction and cared for me on an emotional level and were there for me when I needed it. Uh, church was always a safe place for me to uh, maybe even cry about the struggles that I'm having internally. You know, Obviously, those conversations are always turned back towards the religion and towards God in a certain way, but um, on a micro level, I was getting a lot out of that religion, a lot out of this community. You know, I, I think that church communities, uh, churches in themselves, in a vacuum, what happens at church is actually a really positive thing, or at least it can be. The idea, you know, you've heard the phrase, it takes a village to raise a child, right? I think that that extends to the church format. Uh, the idea that hundreds of people will congregate once a week in this one location to not only catch up with each other, you get to see people your own age, people of different ages, people, you know, adults, people who live alone, whatever. Um, you know, you get this mixing pool of people that are all a part of one community, which is just a beautiful thing. Uh, people who all want to help each other. At least that's what it is on paper, right? Um, what's also beautiful is that you guys all gather and sing together. It's a very beautiful thing. That's a very, I think, core value thing that's built within our humanity is to gather and kind of sing. You know, I feel like uh, cultures and uh, even just humanity, uh, if you track it back in time, that's something we've kind of always done. There's something very primal about that. And that's something I got out of the church growing up that I really wouldn't trade, you know, that type of experience that you get to have with a lot of people. Um, right now within our society, the only things that are doing that are church and I guess music festivals <laughs> feel that way too. Uh, if you've gone to music festivals uh, with or without uh, psychedelics involved, it can feel like a very religious experience. I'm sure anyone can attest to that uh, who enjoys going to festivals. And there's a reason for that. It's large crowds. Even concerts can feel transcendent at points because um, we, we are humans expressing ourselves with these instruments and sounds that are 
more than what our human vocabulary can encapsulate. So, of course, it emotionally feels spiritual. It feels divine. And it's really easy to conflate that with the narrative that's happening within the church. Um, I'm not even quite sure what my point is about that, but I think that there's something important there. Um, One major point that I'm probably going to circle back to in this conversation is that I don't, and that I've already alluded to here, is that I don't necessarily disagree with the Christian church. I disagree with the Christian narrative. Um, I think that there's so many values that come out of the church that are amazing. If you really just look at the base uh, principles, uh, obviously I can only speak for the church that I grew up in. I can also acknowledge that there's an infinite amount of churches that each have their own level of uh, troubles. Uh, Troubles, good and bad, you know. uh, Everyone takes a religion to a certain level of seriousness. And so when I'm talking about my experience, I cannot expect to possibly touch on anybody else's experience because religion in and of itself is such an internal thing. And also the way that different churches practice it can be fairly vast. But if you look at the core principles of what's being discussed here, I mean, break, break the church down away from the Christian narrative. Let's ignore Jesus for a second. Let's ignore the fact that this miracle happened or that any of what's said in the Bible has to be true. Let's just pretend for one second that all of that is not true. The same things that are still being taught at church are still positive things to be taken into the community. Of course, someone can hit me with a counter narrative of, well, at my service, they taught, they said this, this and that about gay people or about prosecution or anything under the sun. And of course, I'm not going to sit by and stand by anything that every church has ever said. But if, if you look at the core tenets of how to treat people, Forgiveness, love, you know, second chances, redemption, uh, kindness, uh, you know, all the fruits of the spirit. There is so much positive that comes out of that that you don't there's not another setting to receive something like that. So when I have conversations with my girlfriend about, you know, she knows how I feel about religion. I'm not necessarily on board with it. But is there a replacement setting for a child to grow up in and receive those positive um, that positive feedback from a village of people who are all committed to more or less the well-being of the children. You know, we're all dedicated to raising everybody up in this community. I just think that it's incredibly nuanced. And to say that we have to get rid of everything from church would be too um, reducing to what its actual impact is. And that's the reason why there's so many people that still hold on to it is because it's not just God doesn't like gay people and worship me or you go to hell because that's not just what church is. Um, for the record, uh, I am an ally. I do think that everyone should have any sexual identity under the sun. And that's actually a big reason why I started to move away from the church was their specific views on gay people. Uh, once, I, once I got a little bit older and that conversation got a little bit more nuanced, I realized that it can't be this black and white. The rules of getting into heaven and hell can't just be that black and white. Because the world that I live in is so majestic. Um, we don't live in a black and white world, right? Uh, the world is, is infinitely remarkable. And is there's everything that you can look at, that you can touch, that you can interact with, any concept you can think of is not black and white. It's gray. Um, and I think that because everything is so infinitely magnificent, uh, good and bad and everything in between, that to think that the guiding principle of the world, Christianity uh, being considered the truth of the world, to think that it would be so black and white as to 
if you don't if you don't believe in this, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and came back through this holy miracle, if you don't believe that specific narrative, then you can't go to heaven. And I know that sounds a little ridiculous, but in my experience, that really is what is being said. Um, I've had many conversations with pastors, even one on one, as I'm kind of grappling with this, and I, I I challenge them. I I push back a little bit, and there doesn't seem to be an answer back to me on this of the question of so does this religion still hold if I don't believe in that specific thing? Can I not still get all the value out of this religion just without thinking that Jesus was literally God walking on earth uh, and at the same time being the son of God and this holy contradiction, right? I mean, even the Holy Trinity is a huge contradiction. It, it goes past what we can comprehend, um, of course, but we choose to take that leap of faith. But then when it comes to something as as um, tangible as, you know, someone being gay, for example. I, I don't mean to use the tired example like that, but um, it's the one that comes to mind at the moment. Why that would be so reduced as to being black and white, in or out of heaven, do you believe yes or no? Do you worship yes or no? Why would that be black and white when the core tenet of the religion you're following and choosing to believe in this miracle is not black and white? That's the most gray area thing I've ever heard. In a way, I suppose that one of the bigger things that really rub up against me when thinking about the Christian religion is the concept of heaven and hell, of following any set of rules that's going to get you to eternal salvation. Um, and then, you know, by, by nature, by not following those rules is going to get you to eternal damnation. I just think that for the beautiful world that we live in, that's way too simple and and this is where it really gets interesting for me. Um, there is this concept within Christianity that this is the answer to a lot of questions like, um, where do we go specifically after we die? Uh, there's a lot of, if you push on uh, religious leaders, specifically in the Christian church, a lot of the greater questions like, how does dinosaurs fit into this? You know, there's a million different answers, and there is a lot. But in a lot of these situations where you have a lot of uh, complicated question. A lot of the times the answer, the scripture that's given to you as the answer is this idea that our human brains, because we are sinful by nature, because we are humans and not God, we are not elevated yet, we cannot understand with our feeble brains. That's, that, that is a concept that's well established in the Bible. It's just used to answer questions that you can't physically answer um, oftentimes. That's my experience with it. And that felt like a satisfying answer to me for a long time. Oh, yeah, of course, I'm just a human. I can't expect to understand fully the infinite, infin, infinity nature that is God, right? Of course not. So there's going to be some things that don't make sense. So if we're already operating under that assumption, why would we think that these are the specific rules when this text is written so, so much time ago? We know for a fact that it's been edited times and times again. It's like we know all this, but yet we still choose to take it as the actual law. We, we choose not to deviate from it. We pick these things and feel like they're the core tenets, and if you deviate from them, then, hey, tough luck. You're not getting into heaven. I think... With that understanding of that we can't fully understand it all, we have to assume that it can't be that simple. I feel like that's the only logical conclusion. And so for me, I feel like I'm actually listening to the words of the Bible by saying, actually, I don't think that narrative is necessarily true. Um, it would be foolish to make that assumption. And if you look at the history of Jesus Christ, because I'm not denying that Jesus existed, I 
I don't necessarily believe that Jesus was the son of God, but let's say, let's say he is, if you are listening to this divine person who came to this earth, his whole thing was coming down to let him know that they were practicing this religion wrong. He came to course correct. He came to tell them you're doing this wrong and this is why he, if you are to look at that as an example, Jesus is the example, right? We're made in his image. Therefore, we should try to act like him. So why are we being so married to this specific interpretation that people have fed us that are centuries old at this point? I think that it's a very Jesus-y thing to do to be like, okay, but maybe not really, right? To, to, to say that this is definitely true and there's no way around that is exactly what the people were doing before Jesus came. It's so closed fist to me. That's the metaphor in my mind that I always use. Um, you know, it fit everything in religion. I'm I'm saying religion, but I do mean Christianity, and I do plan on opening up this conversation past just Christianity. But I do feel like Christianity fits in a tight box, um, a tight box, a closed fist, and I just don't feel like that is enough to encapsulate the beauty, the mystery, whatever the woo-wah is that's happening on this earth, this lifeblood that we all share is way too grandiose to be reduced to such a tight box, such a closed fist. Um, And I guess that brings me on to my next topic is that um, while I don't consider myself a Christian or I guess religious to use that word, um, I do feel as though I am very spiritual. I'm um, I guess I don't feel like I fit into any box at the moment. That being said, I do feel like what's happening on this earth is a huge miracle. Um, I think that the Bible is right that what's happening is very God-like. I don't necessarily think there's one creator or multiple creators or even creators in general, but what's happening on this planet, what's happening with humanity and consciousness, dreaming, the way we interact, even conversing, even the fact that I can output these words and it might have a reaction in someone and that sparks a different thing to be said back to me. I think that's all a a beautiful miracle. And so I understand the need to figure out what the religion is, what the truth is, because something is happening. You know, it isn't as simple as everything is just happening and it is what it is. I mean, I guess on some level it is what it is, but I do think that there's a greater mystery to be had at our our consciousness and i do think that's worth figuring out or at least pondering so again i don't think that the church is flawed for existing <laughs> i think that the flaw from my point of view comes from trying to um create a box around it and the fact that some dudes hundreds of years ago were able to quantify it in its purest form and that's still true today is just absurd to me um we're talking about a time when women didn't have rights. Gay wasn't even a part of the conversation. Slavery was still happening. I mean, all over the world, it's like to think that our feeble minds, especially at that point, were able to be like, yep, oh, we got it. We interpreted it 100% correct. This is what's going on. And that that is that we can look at that from our 2022 brains and think that that's still happening. I mean, that just feels ridiculous to me. To open up the conversation a little bit here in my early 20s, between 20 and 22 is when I really started to, through YouTube and podcasting and just independent research, start to discover other religions. Um, I took a world religions class and the 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 tenant principle that was being discussed in that class, it was set on day one and it was what our final paper was on, was are all religions fundamentally the same with superficial differences 
or are they superficially the same with fundamental differences? This is a concept that really stuck with me and deep diving into these different religions, especially the Abrahamic religions, uh, Islam, Christianity, uh, Judaism, there are so much similarities and what ends up happening is the only differences, in my opinion, are the superficial ones. Um, it's just, oh, well, we think Jesus died on the cross. Oh, well, we don't. Uh, we believe in Allah over Jesus. But the core principle of what they're trying to explain is really the same. There's these small speed bumps that become so divisive that it holds con entire new religions that feel like the other one is going to hell. Uh, that's so ridiculous to me. The fact that there's... There's at least three, I mean, if you just count Christianity, Islam, and, and Judaism, but then you talk about the hundreds of different denominations and different sects, interpretations of those three religions, then you got thousands of things that are all based on the same story. Like, it is all looking at the same story at the end of the day. They just all interpreted it a little differently, yet we, you know, we tight fist, close box, you know, all these concepts aside and it feels like there's no wiggle room. And so all that ends up happening is everyone exists in their own camp, uh, which leads to more, you guessed it, conflict, right? Um, that is truly how I feel about that. Now, there's also some credit to be said for, like like I said, I, I'm picking and choosing, right? Uh, in my interpretation of things, there's a lot that the Christian church has to offer, um, like I said, I disagree with it, but there's still a lot that I take away from it that I feel like is important and necessary maybe, um, or just positive that I did get out of it. I feel like it served a great purpose. Again, I wouldn't trade my experience back. Um, using that logic, it can most likely be said that when you look at other religions, if you give them enough attention, you'll probably get the same experience. You might not agree a hundred percent with the religion, but i I can pretty much guarantee you, especially if you look at Buddhism and stuff like that, Confucianism, whatever, um, you'll you'll find something that speaks to you, a part of that religion. Uh, one big thing, one concept, this is a concept in multiple religions, but uh, one that really uh, spoke to me around this time in my early 20s is reincarnation. And I don't mean it in a literal sense. I don't think that one person dies and then your soul hops over into a baby that's being born, and then you're that now. You know, I don't believe in that. But if I'm to open up the concept of reincarnation, you know, what I just described, a soul hopping over to another soul, is a very tight fist point of view of what reincarnation can be. And I think thinking about it in those terms, of course it seems ridiculous, um, but why would we ever assume that it's literally that? Um, so I'm, I'm going to take a widened view of reincarnation and just talk about shared energy for a second. Um, you know, we all exist on the same world. And so just on that level, we are connected. Um, if I were to have a religion, this would be it. I don't know what this is called. This is just what I think. I think that the earth is God, perhaps, right? And we're all a part of the earth. You know, we are all beings that derive life from the earth. The, uh, the trees give us oxygen. The earth provides us what we need to live. So in that way, we are literally manifestations from the earth. Um, you know, that's where the mother earth, uh, you know, uh, metaphor comes from. And if I'm to take a, if I'm to take a little bit of Christianity really quick that says that we are made in the image of God, the Christians are saying this as well let's say earth is God, or let's say we're all a part of God. We're just, you know, different versions of God playing itself out. If you, if you think about it, we are made in the image of the earth because we come from the earth. 
Now, I'm not saying we're made to look like the earth. I'm not being that ridiculous, but I'm just saying we are connected to the earth that we live on. We all are. Um, so I don't think it's that much of a reach to say that, you know, using God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit as a metaphor for what's happening, the earth and just our overall existence on this earth is, um, to use a closed box word, God. Uh, and I say God not to say that it's an, a specific entity that's making decisions. I say God to encapsulize the overall concept that is consciousness happening. So now to loop it back to the reincarnation conversation, let's say this is true where I mean, th- what I haven't said anything untrue so far. Um, we all are connected because we all work through the earth. We return to the earth and we're birthed from it as far as I'm concerned. Um, now we all are just what we are. Okay. This is going to get complicated and I'm going to sound, I'm going to sound like a woo wah hippie idiot here for a second, but just go on this ride with me. Okay. Um, <laughs> we, I am the person I am because I was born geographically where I was and was raised by the person who I was in the neighborhood around the same kids that helped form my identity to where it is now. I'm not trying to get into a nurture versus nurture versus nature conversation here, but um, on a on a grander scale, you can look at me as an individual and say that is who I am because who else could I be given the certain circumstances I was raised in. Um, what else could have happened? And I think that you can kind of look at that with anyone, you know, even if you look at the backstory of a Marvel character, you know, someone you've known for a long time, and then you finally get their their background story, their hero moment. You see the trauma that they endured as a kid or anything like that, their foundation moments. These are informing us, oh, this is why they're kind of like this now. They're behaving like this in this way. So I know what I'm saying sounds a little silly here, but um, on a grander sense, I can take empathy and look at anyone. I'm not taking anyone's free will away from them. I'm not saying that uh, people aren't responsible for their actions. But if you are to zoom out a little bit on an individual level, it's kind of easy to say this person has these ideals because of all these factors. What else could they be? So in a world where we're sharing the same energy and same consciousness, I uh, my girlfriend uh, painted a picture for me uh, verbally uh, of this idea of a bunch of different spirals spinning out a bunch of different directions. You know, that's kind of how uh, my brain likes to picture this shared energy that we have. And of course, you shoot this energy out in this direction and he grows up in Orlando, Florida and goes to this specific school and it produces that individual because what else could it be? We're ju- we just are the product of, of our specific set of examples playing themselves out. Because I could have been born in in China and been brought up by whatever religion my mother who lived in that region had, and I would have been a completely different person for that. Um, I guess I have enough empathy and enough awareness to know that given different circumstances, I could be an infinite number of versions of myself, right? I could be someone who hates religion or, or feels like or I could be way more religious and maybe have some negative points of view because of that. So... I just think, uh, I don't think that we're literally reincarnating into each other uh, constantly, but I do think that we're the same life force, we're the same uh, mysterious energy that's being played out in a bunch of different ways. And so I know this sounds very hippie, and I'm not doing the best job explaining this, which is why I felt like I wanted to create this podcast, because I want to get these thoughts out, I want to hear people talk to me about these thoughts, I want to be challenged on this, and I want to have a follow-up conversation about this, but I... I think that we're all connected to the, the same greater source 
And once you realize that you could be any version of yourself, you could be just like the person who you hate, uh, given that set of circumstances. Of course, everyone has their own individual decisions. I'm not taking that away. Once you realize that, you realize that we are connected on this greater sense. And it just breaks my heart even more that we go to war with each other, that we fight with each other over religion, over over territory, over you know uh, identity, whatever it is. We fight over so many silly things when when you shave all that back, I mean, you can see a war movie and you take a look at both sides and you realize that these guys are the same thing. They're just foot soldiers fighting this thing for their country because they're being fed this narrative that they need to protect their country. That's all it is. Um, and yet we're killing each other over it. Uh, that's one specific example. We're doing tons of terrible stuff to each other on a daily basis. Uh, and that, that exists in an infinite amount of ways. I mean, uh, public shootings and... Uh, even just the bling that happens online, it's just it really breaks my heart because I feel like we're hurting each other. Um, we're hurting ourselves. We're hurting each other. We're hurting ourselves. And I don't know. I'm getting a little lost in the conversation right now. I'm going to be honest, but I think that's okay. I also uh, I don't think that anyone should ever make the claim that they have it all figured out. Uh, this just happens to be kind of where I am at in this journey. So to sum it up, I think that <laughs> what I believe is... I also think it's silly to think that anybody has the language that our silly humanity has as stupid as we are all the stupid things that we do to each other it's ridiculous to assume that we have the vocabulary to encapsulate everything's going on anyways so while I do think that it is necessary that we try I think that it is a fool's errand and I think that I'll spend the rest of my life trying to articulate what's happening here and I don't think I'll ever quite get it but let's let's try our best right here right I think that What's happening on this big blue earth of ours is that we're all connected and a part of this ethereal, magical thing. When you think about how the earth works, in my mind, it's magical. I mean, that might sound hippie to a lot of people, and I, I get it, but um, it's majestic, it's transcendent, and the way, even the fact that we're each able to think of these thoughts and then communicate them and understand them and repeat them back to each other and put our own spins on it, I think that consciousness is just this beautiful mysterious thing right um and i in a way i think that we are all god i think that we're just all different versions of god i think all animals are too all the trees everything in our world we're just the same thing playing itself out we're, we're just another one other of a infinite example of the universe playing itself out in different ways um so in that way i think that we're all connected to sum up my thoughts on Christianity, uh, I think that it's fr fairly flawed. I don't know how, you know, I know that Christianity is on a, on, on a descent in trend, even though it's still one of the major powers in our world, especially in the America, even in Europe. Uh, I've noticed that in Europe, it's, it's a very much a big part of a, many people's identity, uh, the cultural identity of many countries as well. So um, while I think that there is a lot wrong there, the amount of reverence we give to this tradition um, to this specific scenario that's being presented as fact. I think that that's all wrong. I don't necessarily know how we move forward with that, but I do think it's important to kind of bridge the gap from the point of view of someone who doesn't appreciate Christianity so much anymore, uh, just acknowledging that there is a lot of good that's happening there and that the Christian church, individual churches, members of churches, are not 
we cannot reduce everyone down to what we dislike about church or the bad parts of church because at the end of the day, it's not just those bad buzzwords that you hear all the time that is very hateful. There is genuinely the people that are going to church are people who are a part of a community who are trying to promote goodness. And if a Christian is ever coming at you um, a bit too aggressively, um, I think it's important to know that that could be a version of yourself who was exposed to the same things that they were growing up. And from their point of view, they're trying to save you. Um, I think that that's really the toxic part of it is that we have the system of winning and losing, which is going to heaven or hell. And of course, if you're friends with someone who's really religious, uh, I would be insulted if my friend didn't try to save me from eternal damnation. They're being a good friend. So, um, well, I think it is flawed and I think that it needs to be worked on. Um, I'm just not for completely bashing religion or bashing the people who are in it and calling it evil because it's just not that simple. <laughs> just like the rules of the Bible are can't be as simple as black and white, it can't be it can't be black and white when dealing with people who are fanatic about religion. Obviously, this uh, is a just a microcosm. Um, me addressing just that, I'm not specifically talking about religions where people hurt each other, hurt other people because of their religious uh, beliefs. That obviously becomes a different conversation altogether. Um, I'm more or less speaking to my own experience and my experience of religion and religious people around me, the religion I've grown up around, and the religion I see in my everyday life. But yeah, uh, for now, I think that's going to bring this conversation to the close. I'm sure when I'm listening to this later, I'm going to think of a hundred things that I wanted to say or say differently. So I'm sure that a part two is warranted of this conversation, but um, I really think this is an important conversation to have. So I really hope that people listen to this. I hope that I get feedback on this and I want to continue this conversation a lot more because I just think it's really important. And frankly, it's one of the only important things to talk about. So, uh, so yeah, if you listen to this, thank you for bearing through my ramblings that can't have been too palatable for many people, but, uh, I do think I'm on to something here. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. Do you disagree with me? Do you agree with me? Uh, is there something you think I said wrong? Is there something, is there a perspective I need to fix here? Am I being ridiculous at any point? Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear this that have known me as the fanatical Christian that I was for most of my life. So um, I, of course, invite any productive conversation that can be had. As long as you're willing to meet me with the same respect I'm willing to meet you with, of course, let's let's hash it out. Uh, my email is at the D show pod at gmail.com. That's T H E D S H O W at gmail.com. Email what email me what you think. Um, I want to have more conversations like this, maybe not all so intensely serious, but I do want to have more kind of vulnerable window into my own point of view type discussions on this podcast channel. So that's hopefully what you're going to see a lot more of. Again, let me know what you think. Hit me up on Instagram at The Darius Show. Hit me up on TikTok at the same name or just email me. That's probably going to be the most direct way to uh, get your message out to me. And hopefully if I get enough feedback, I can make a part two. So yeah, thanks for listening again. That was The Darius Show. Uh, goodbye and I love you. Really quick before I go, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't leave some uh, footnotes to some of, the, some of what I've consumed that has gotten me to the point where I'm at. Uh, if any if any of what I said uh, rings true to you, uh, if you want to learn more, or if there's anything that you that I that resonated with you and you want to learn a little bit more about it, uh, I do recommend 
Uh, Ram Das is a great spiritual teacher, in my opinion, and uh, consuming a lot of his works. Um, he has now passed, but assuming a lot of his works really helped me get to the place where I'm at right now. He has a great documentary on Netflix, and if you just YouTube him, you can find an infinite amount of his conversations. Richard Rohr is an author and speaker who specifically talks about the relationship between current spiritualism that moves away from organized religion and uh, Christianity. There's kind of, he talks a lot about bridging that gap, and there's a lot of uh, language that I've kind of taken away from his writings as well. And honestly, a lot of podcasts I listen to, uh, the Liturgist podcast is a really uh, moving one. Uh, again, it, it, it kind of blends current religion with more um, hippy-dippy mindsets, and then You Made It Weird podcast is where I've been exposed to a lot of the uh, voices that have really uh, pushed me along this journey. So I would recommend any of that uh, if you want to learn anything more. All right, I'm out of here. Love you. Bye.